Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right, good day and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs. It is the Business 101 series with Prentice St. Clair. My name's Jody. I'm Rod Pusey. And the three of us are going to explore a plethora of business topics. Um, if you haven't seen the beginning of this or the first recording, and we go over the overview, and we are starting at the top, working to the bottom. And uh, yeah, it's um, we're going to try to make this not overwhelming or boring or, <laughs> or just because I think a lot of times, especially when you get into today's topic of compliance, licensing, and insurance, most people's eyes roll back in their head and go, why do I need that? Uh, I can just go to work. Yeah, exactly. No, it won't be overwhelming. It'll just be whelming. Whelming. I love that. So before we jump into that, I need to give uh, Prentice a shout out because he is the owner operator of Detail and Progress. He also runs the Detailing Academy. He's also the director of training for PNS Detailing School. He's so, an IDA founding member. He sits on the board of directors. I mean, the, the, IDA the recognized trainer, blah, 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 blah. Can you just see the stack of experience and expertise this guy's bringing to the conversation today? Hall of Fame. Oh, yes. Ha- oh, Hall, Hall of, of fame. fame. All right. So. Oh, my gosh. All right. So. <sighs> Wow, well, that's a lot. Well, that, that, that means the expectations are really high. That's the only problem with all that. Well. Anyway, no, we'll, we'll, I got to tell my plethora joke though, because you used the word plethora. I so, did. guys okay. sitting next to the recently, uh, recently widowed woman, good, good friend, and he, and it's during the uh, open mic time where you can come up and say a few words about the deceased, and he leans over to her and he says, "Do you mind if I say a word?" And she leans back, "Oh, that would be wonderful." plethora and she leans back thanks that means a lot (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, very nice i gotta share that with my son saying he is like the king of dad jokes and he's not even a dad yet (laughs) yeah exactly well and you know all good jokes are stolen so i got that from somewhere for sure um yeah, so I guess I'll jump right in. Uh, today's topic, you know, the last podcast, we went over sort of an overview of all the stuff we're going to try to cover in this series, Business 101. And um, so I'm looking at my outline and the next one, the first one we're going to jump into a little bit deeper than we did in the overview is this whole day idea of compliance. Um, and that's not doing what you're told. We're all adults now. We don't need to be told. Do, we don't need to do what we're told. It's about operating your business in a legitimate fashion and being legal and, and taking care of all the legal hoops. Um, and I, I believe that uh, businesses that take the time to do this tend to be more profitable. 
because they understand the concepts of, of doing things right and paying all those expenses and then charging correctly to make sure those are all covered. And I think it also works well with your marketing because all of your compliance efforts should be part of your marketing effort because we know that there's a lot of detailers out there doing things the wrong way. I mean, recently we had that whole thing in, in Central California where the detailers were trying to push back on an ordinance that was basically just putting into place law, a law that's been around for 40, 40, 50 years. And they saw pictures of people using foam cannons in the street and all that stuff just going down on the street. And it's like, no, you can't do it that way. It, it's not, it's, it, it looks terrible. And I don't care if your customers like it. Um, you've got the wrong customers because they don't care either. So anyway, I'm, I'm diving into a, going down a, a, a wormhole there. But anyway, so, um, you know, the first thing with compliance is going to be most municipalities require a business to have a license or a permit of some sort. And let's face it, it's really a business tax. They're just trying to collect money to give you permission to operate in the city or the county or, or whatever the district is that you're in. Uh, but legitimate businesses will have business licenses. And I've got to tell you, here in San Diego, um, it's 45 bucks a year. It's almost nothing. And then I get that piece of paper that says I'm a, a licensed business in the city of San Diego. So that's something that I use in my marketing is I will um, say to customers who are questioning my prices or why should I go with you? Well, because I'm licensed, I'm insured, and I'm certified. Okay. So all three of those things um, are, are part of that. So, you know, as far as business license, it's really easy to look that up online. You just put in um, whatever your city is and say, you know, uh, city of San Diego business license, and it'll probably pop up and you might even be able to fill it out online. Um, some of those require that you, if you have a fictitious business name, which is, it's not Prentice's detailing, it's actually detail in progress. So detail in progress is a fictitious business name. Um, it, it doesn't include my, my own name, so it's, it's separate. So I actually had to go down and file that at the county and get a fictitious business name and then take that to um, the, the licensing agency or the business tax agency in San Diego and show them that um, and then and get it published too. You have to get it published in a local newspaper. And you'll notice that if you ever look in a newspaper, um, there's this whole section of like four or five, six pages of just all this legal stuff because they're legally, they have to publish it somewhere. So the newspaper does that service and they make money off of it. So then you do that and you get your business license. Um, and then there might be some other permits that, that uh, your particular municipality or even state right. requires. Um, okay. Might I, be I'm around not, your vehicles. If you're, if you're mobile, your vehicle might have to have a, uh, it might have to be a, um, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's they'll, they'll have a number they put right on your vehicle. It's a registered oh, yeah. vehicle that is operated as a business. Um, right. And depending on what it is you're hauling, they have to have that right on the side commercial of the vehicle, ID. commercial ID or something like that. And there are going to be right. tax benefits to that. So you have to check your local municipality, like Prentice was saying, and see what are the rules around having this type of business in that city, county, state. Right. So, for example, in the state of California, there's business licenses for CPAs, for dog groomers, for um, uh, uh, family therapists, for, um, you know, a, a whole list of, of things. Fortunately, there doesn't happen to be one for detailing, per se. Um, 
but you know, you need to check that as well. And it's, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. You just got to look into it and figure it out. Um, you know, the worst thing that can happen is a, a, a city employee is going to show up and say, Hey, where's your business license? Uh, and if you don't have it, you know, hopefully they'll just give you a fix it ticket, but, uh, you know, why not just have it anyway, and then put it on your business cards, fully licensed, insured and certified. Okay. Right. The insured right. part we're going to talk about in a little bit and certified, of course, is getting your ID. Wait, which, Oh, it's, it's hard to look at that in the video, getting your <laughs> IDA certification. Um, so that you can say I am an independently certified automotive detailer by an international organization. Huge, huge, huge. Yep. Yes. Um, then we get into things like OSHA requirements, like um, you you should be you and your employees should be wearing gloves. You should be you should have safety glasses on. Um, whatever other things you need, hearing protection if you're using particularly loud machines. Uh, all those things are considerations, and and um, I take it very seriously. Whenever somebody comes to my training, they have to wear safety glasses, and they have to wear gloves when we're working on a car. And and what's cool about this, they can get kind of used to it. Then then they go back home. It's like, oh, I got to put my gloves on. So uh, and I'll be honest, I only in the last maybe five years started seriously wearing gloves, and now I feel naked if I don't have them on. Right. So, I'm the yeah. same way. I was a mechanic for years and I never wore gloves. I'd, I'd bathe in solvent up to my elbows. I'm sure my right. arms are going to fall off, but, but I wear them religiously now. And I think that, you know, you mentioned uh, you or your employees, if you have employees and you don't have personal safety equipment, you are at a huge liability. Huge. Yeah. It, it, it's going to take one instance and you're done. So uh, safety, that's just part of the the legal operation of your business in any community, you have to look after your employees. You should yeah. anyway, but you have to by law. So, you know, you need to look into all of that stuff and make sure you're following the rules for your area. Um, chemicals are the same way. If you've got chemicals, you have to have the um, material safety data sheet for every single chemical that you have. Um, yeah. You know, if you can't do it, uh, if you, at the very least, you have to have a binder, laminate it and put it in a binder and have all that with you on your truck, your van, um, if you have software, you're using software, put it in the software so you can bring it up, but yeah. do something so that you are covered legally for those legal requirements when it comes to the chemicals and the things you do. Yeah, absolutely. And with the employees, you know, with the chemicals, especially as Randy Doyle says, if it's on you, it's in you because yeah. our skin is not impervious. So whatever chemicals are on your body, they're getting soaked in and getting stored in your liver over time. So you may, you may think it's, well, it's just innocuous stuff. I'm not really, I'm using a mild all-purpose cleaner, but you're using it every day and getting it on your skin every day. And that's collecting in your body. I mean, I'm actually, um, I'm actually uh, uh, 37, but I look like 58. because. Uh... <laughs> that's right. I, I, I think right. one of the challenges, you know, as especially in the detailing world, a lot of guys just don't know where to go to, to find out the compliance requirements in their community. Right. Like in I in California, the the demand for waterless operations is much higher than here in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So how how would you recommend a detailer find out about those types of compliance issues that are both directly and indirectly affecting them? You mean in general or in their specific communities? Both. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, instead of uh, spending the evening watching stu some stupid television shows, take some time to go on like the OSHA website 
and just start reading through some of the, there's all that information. There's tons of information out there about what you are and are not supposed to do um, and, and how you're supposed to protect yourself and your employees and, you know, safe working situations and all that. Um, and start, just, just start diving into that. And then, you know, another way you can do it is, um, is to look for online seminars on OSHA compliance. Uh, I know that the IDA has uh, a catalog of webinars that they've done throughout the years. And I'm sure there's got to be one in there somewhere about this, this, these types of related issues to give you more introduction. Right. And they actually, um, we aren't talking about that topic tonight, but those watching those webinars gives you CEU credits for your IDA certification. If you were not aware of that, go watch a video and you get one credit. Right. Um, And ignorance of the laws in your state does not mean that you are, uh, the the law does not apply to you. So if you're washing stuff down the drain and somebody catches you doing that and they come out and they, you're going to get fined. And if you go, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea. That doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Whether it's hard to find, easier to find or whatever, you need to understand the laws in your area in order to stay compliant with that. And um, I mean, sometimes a lot of times I think we're rolling our eyes and we're like, ah, geez, here's another thing I got to do. But, but you know, like you said, it's, you're going to be much more profitable if you understand the laws it is also now uh, great for marketing, just to yes. be compliant in the laws. If you if you come in and say, "Hey, I have this mat, and I collect all the water, and I take it with me when I'm done, and I recycle it, and I do it in a in a, a healthy manner for the environment," that's a marketing thing. I mean, it, it can help you in your business. Yeah, it really it really legitimizes your business uh, and distinguishes you from other people. So, going back real quick, you talked about MSDS sheets. They're yeah. actually now just called SDS, safety yeah. data sheets. Uh, you know, not a big deal, but but um, and they should be available from every supplier that you that that you get stuff from. Uh, it, um, so whatever chemicals you have on board, um, you should be able to go to the manufacturer to their website. And sometimes they even have it as as a as a drop down tab. You know, SDS sheets, and you just print them out and, like you said, put them in your binder and. And, and have them in there. And, and technically those have to be available to your employees too. Mm, they should yep. be able to pick up um, a, a sheet of information about every chemical that you've got on board because they have a right to know what's in it and what impacts it can have on, on themselves. Um, so and your manufacturers have to produce that. They have that yeah, is a legal law. requirement for them to be in business yeah. is they have to produce that safety data sheet on every chemical that they put out, whether it's inert or not, they have to have right. it. So more OSHA stuff, uh, every bottle that you have has to have a complete label on it with all the information on it. Um, so if you're pouring off into ketchup bottles, dispenser bottles, or into tr- 32-ounce trigger sprayers, and it's just got, you know, um, spray wax on it, that's not, you can't do that with a Sharpie. It's got to have a full label with all the information on it that, that the original um, uh, bulk supply had on it. So fortunately, with with most of the um, the detail suppliers these days, they have pre-labeled bottles available. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, oh, well, that's, you know, I'm going to have to spend five bucks a bottle for every bottle I have. Yeah, but it's a one-time expense. I mean, yeah. that should last you for years, that pre-labeled bottle. And then yeah. what's cool about that is there's no question about what you're picking up. It's right there. And right. your employees have no question. It's right there on the label. Um and so, and then if OSHA stops by or whoever stops by from the city or the county and says, "Hey, let me see your bottles," and they're all labeled and pretty, 
Plus, it looks great for your customers. You know, right. A lot of the companies now have have wonderful um, uh, uh, themes in in their labeling, and it goes across all their different labels, all their different chemicals. So uh, it lo- just looks cool too. And then well, your your customers realize they're looking at your your rack of um, spray bottles, and they realize, well, I can't get that stuff. No, you know, yeah, that, that's why I'm dealing with a professional. It's going to take me forever to try to figure out what all that stuff is. Right. And the thing is, is some of your customers are asking that, too. They don't want any harmful chemicals sprayed around any any more than than you do. So they're they're asking about that stuff. And I do um, appreciate very much the way the manufacturers are doing that now where they're they're standardizing their labels. They have the information printed right on them. And you can see whether, you know, depending on the brand you use, whether or not, oh, this is inert or this has got some kind of a eye irritation or whatever it may be. You can look right at it and see what it does. Well, and it also helps you in your operations, right? Because if you're going to go grab a bottle and they're all white plastic generics with the Sharpies on it, uh, which one do I grab? I got to read it versus let me grab the PNSB maker, right? Uh, quick right. and easy versus the right, clarity. Right there. Versus the one that says acid. That's the one for your eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you go ahead and do that, Rod. <laughs> Hey, so, you know, another thing about chemicals, too, is diluting them correctly. Um, follow the label, you know, RTFM. Follow what the label says in your dilution. Always know that the, the larger number is water. So if it says four to one, it's four parts water, one part chemical. Okay. So just remember that um, and get all your labels, all, all, your, all your bottles labeled. Um, have your SDS sheets on board, whether it's at your shop or on your mobile rig. So then we get into some of the other regu- regulatory compliance things. Uh, we talked about the local business license. Um, realize that no matter how big or small your company is, you have to uh, you have to comply with all federal, state, and local laws uh, that surround your business. So just because you're a one-man operation doesn't mean you get to do anything you want. Um, these include labor laws as well. Um, if you have one employee, you got to follow all the labor laws, and that's a big deal. And and um, there are places where you can get information about labor, like SCORE. Um, some of the car wash associations have fantastic labor uh, seminars. Um, <clears throat> it's also good to know a labor law attorney that you can ask simple questions to. And again, all the stuff is available online. You just gotta you gotta look up um, your 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 Department of Labor in your state, and yeah. start looking through some of that information, educating yourself, okay, on, on some of the issues that you may not even be aware of with your with your employees. Yeah. You know, one of the scariest phone calls I ever got years ago was a, an employee that I let go, and he called me up and said, "Well, um, you know, uh, you remember that knee injury I had a couple of weeks ago." Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and need some money for that. And then I'm going to go down to the labor board and talk to them about you and your business. And like, well, what's oh. going on? Why are you doing this to me? Now, fortunately, he was just, you know, blowing hot air and trying to scare me because he was pissed <laughs> off that I let him go. But, um, you know, I had all that stuff in order. So I really didn't have anything to be afraid of, but it was still a scary call. Yeah. And if somebody you can combat that is um and and some of this stuff sounds you know i don't think it's a lot of people think it's mumbo jumbo but put together a company handbook 
put together a company handbook, whether you have one employee or a hundred employees yeah. and line all this stuff up. You can find templates online. Yes. Um, you mentioned in our, in our overview podcast, uh, uh, going to a local leads meeting or being involved in your local chamber of commerce. There are unbelievable resources available in your chamber of commerce. I don't care if it's somebody that's owned a flower shop for 15 years. They've, they've done it. They've played the game for 15 years in your yeah. community. Um, Simple things like how large a sign can be if you have a fixed location and can you advertise on the streets and can you leave a flyer on somebody's window, things like that. You really right. need to get tied into your community resources um, to do that. If you want to talk to people that have done it, I mean, Prentice is a good good resource. You, uh, Jody and I, um, Oscar Hernandez in mm-hmm. uh you know, California yeah. is another one. He's really tied into the Chamber of Commerce there. But get involved in your community and you will learn these laws. You don't just need to spend countless hours not knowing, oh, no, I don't know this. I don't know this. Just go talk to somebody that's already done it. Yeah, I'll tell you that uh, the, I've, I've belonged to my late tip chapter for 20 years. And it represents as much as 25% of my operational income every year. So not only that, but I've got access to 70 professionals, each with it, with their own expertise to call at a moment's notice and say, you know, in fact, that was one of my phone calls when that when that guy called me and said, I'm going to do this and do that. I, I called somebody that had, a, had had a painting business with a number of employees for several years. And I said, you know, um, Fred, I'm I'm scared to death. What do I do? And he says, you know what? I wouldn't do anything. He's just blowing smoke. I've heard this conversation so many times and he was right. Nothing ever happened. But it's nice to have somebody to call with silly, stupid questions and sometimes real serious questions. So, yeah. And, and, and and you, you need to know those things. I call, you call your local label labor board prior to even getting an employee. They have tons of resources. You have to register those employees with your state. When you hire one, you have to fill out forms. You have to, you know, turn in all this other paperwork. It's worth it to get that employee. Um, But you need to understand what the laws and the rules and the regulations are around that. Can you have that employee work hourly? Do they need to be salaried? What are the, you know, for pay, for benefits, all that kind of stuff. Subcontracting. Is it a subcontractor relationship or is it an employee relationship? And let's just dial into that for a second. Um, You know, the, uh, the IRS has gotten pretty firm on, on uh, contractors versus subcontractors versus employees. Now, yeah, subcontractors, it's going to be like this. It's pretty simple for us in the detailing industry. That's going to be a detailer that has his own business, has his own equipment, and is going to call my customer to schedule the appointment. That's a subcontractor. But if I say, hey, I need you to show up with me at uh, this location and help me detail this car on Saturday, and I have all the equipment, that's not a subcontractor. Okay, so just get that. Get that one. It's pretty easy. They have their own business. They do that business most of the time, um, and they have their own equipment. And you give them the customer information and they make all the scheduling stuff. So yep. then that's the true subcontractor. Yeah. I think the easy way to remember that is it if it's business to business, it's easy to define. But if you're going business to person, then it can be a challenge. Yeah. Right. True. Right. That was the big one that our attorney told us is they have to have a business name. If right. you're doing the ten ninety nine thing, you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble potentially. So it's better to go business to business. Um, They have a business name. They're sending you an invoice basically. And then it's, it's easier on the expenses and everything. And um, you know, otherwise, you know, don't try to get fancy. If you need to hire somebody, hire them. Um, You're not saving that much money 
and if it's going to be a repetitive thing, you're going to do it all the time. Um, work out a business agreement with that person if they have another business or if not, just hire them, you know? Yeah, exactly. So speaking of hiring, speaking of employees, workers' compensation insurance cover is critical, absolutely yes. critical. Um, it doesn't have to be that much. I think my policy is about 1300 a year. Um, you know, you can get that uh, in, it paid in installments if that makes it easier on you. But I'll tell you what, if you if you have an employee that gets hurt and you don't have workers' comp insurance, you are going to be in a world of hurt. I mean, they're going to come after you for fines and all kinds of stuff above and beyond taking care of the employee. So it's not worth not having it. As a matter of fact, in the last couple of years, you know, I had a, a good solid employee for five years and he went on to actually went on to sound school. It's kind of cool. So he's, he's moved on with his career. Um, but then I had this gap and I, I really didn't want to just find anybody to fill it. So I didn't have somebody for several months. And I, I asked my insurance agent, said, so I just cancel my workers comp. And he said, no, keep it because you've got a good rate. And then when you do get an employee again, you'll, it'll already be in place. So sometimes I'm even paying it when I don't have an employee on board right now. Uh, it's that important so that anytime that if, if, if somebody drops through that funnel and he's a perfect person, to work in my business, I've got, it's already there. I don't even have to think about it. So um, we talked about chemical man management. Uh, I would recommend with chemical management, make sure that uh, there's one person in charge of it. It should be you if you're, you're the business owner, if you've got an extra large operation, maybe your, your lead manager. Uh, you shouldn't have every technician have access to diluting chemicals because they're gonna make mistakes, they're gonna do it wrong. And you should have your stuff pre-diluted. So all they do is take their bottle over and fill it up from a pre-diluted source, like a, a five-gallon carboy with a spigot, as simple as that. Um, it could be a, a, a chemical dispensing system available from many of the uh, chemical manufacturers now. They're really cool. In fact, I, I'm thinking about just getting one at my house because it's so easy to use. Um, so correct management of chemicals, Clean Water Act. Let's talk about that for a yep, moment. Yep. So. The Clean Water Act came about in the early 70s is one of the great things that Nixon did. I know there's a lot of a lot of poo-pooing of Nixon, but he did actually do some pretty cool stuff. And that was one of them. Uh, and it, it essentially says that you are not allowed to dump anything that's uh, into the water system that might get into a river, stream, ocean or lake. OK, so that includes going into your storm drain, especially if the storm drain is not processed in most cities. The storm drains just go right into some river or aquifer or something like that. So um, if you're washing a car and your suds and your chemicals are going down the storm drain, that is illegal. And that can result in, in California, I believe it's a $10,000 fine plus $1,000 per gallon of stuff that, that you, you dispense. Okay. The, the issue with the Clean Water Act, as far as enforcement is concerned, is the enforcement was left up to local municipalities. So this is where it gets confusing. So I've been in San Diego for 32 years. There have been times when they had little white trucks running around looking for people washing cars in the street. And there were times when you could do anything you want, nobody really cared. Um, I've been to states where um, they had the car wash, a car wash with really nasty chemicals, stuff's just going right out in the stream because nobody's looking. Okay, but technically all of that is illegal. You're not supposed to be doing it. So let's do it the right way. Uh, 
number one, if you're mobile, you got to make sure that your water, your wastewater, and even rinse water is not allowed. Technically, it's illegal to stand with a hose out in the middle of the street and spray, spray the hose because that's eventually going to go into the storm drain. And it's not, it wasn't supposed to be there anyway. I right. know. It's crazy. So make sure that your water's not going into the street. Um, if you're in a situation like a, a public parking lot or an office building parking lot, and you're doing a lot of that kind of work, then you probably need to get a wash mat, collect your water and figure out a way to dispense of that recovered water. Um, find a local car wash owner who will let you, who will let you pay to, to put it into his system or something like that. Um, or go waterless or, or uh, no rinse, you know, all those different options that we have now to wash a car, uh, to clean a car. Um, yeah, there's there's a local detailer here that actually uh, tells she will not do a completely filthy car. She requires that they take it down and spray it off. Don't use the don't use the brush, but spray it off and get all the big chunks and dirt and dust and all that stuff off of it before she washes it, because, you know, she doesn't have a, a recovery system and she's like, right. I'm not going to deal with it. So you get that right. taken care of and her customers do it. That's brilliant. That's kind of the way I've always handled it too. You know, there, it, most customers, if you tell them, Hey, could you get your car washed at the car wash the, the night before the morning of, um, so that I don't have to worry about all that and I'll give you a 15, 20 bucks off or whatever. And then I don't have to spend an hour washing the car, you know, right. I just got to clay it and move on. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely an option. Um, there've been situations where I've taken, a really bad vehicle down to the local self-service car wash and do it, get it rinsed off and scrubbed off there first then bring it back to wherever I am and finish the, finish the detail. So it, it doesn't have to be this big complicated things, you know, um, in my early mobile days, I realized I have to adapt to every situation. You're always adapting. Okay. And you've got to keep that in your mind. We're going to get this job done. Even if it means doing things a little bit unconventionally. Okay. So Clean Water Act's a huge one. Um, I think that's all I had on on compliance, really. Yeah. Uh, no, that's and, good. And that's that's great. It's you know this is a good break for people. I mean, this is I think you, here's your homework, people. In one hundred one, go do some homework. Find out if you're compliant in all the laws and and regulations in your local area. I would almost venture to say that you're going to find something that you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, again. You know, local municipalities put it somewhere. Uh, they may not have it in the best place. You may not be able to find it easily. But again, it's your job to find out how to be compliant in your area. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Rod, um, if you just start poking around the Internet on, on your city website or your state website, yep. they generally are pretty good with information about this stuff because they want people to be compliant. They want to help yes. them out. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, here's another one last little note on that, too. If somebody ever and if, if an official ever stops into your shop or uh, as you're working out on a mobile basis and, you know, I'm so and so from the EPA or OSHA or the fire marshal or whoever. First thing you want to do is say, hey, how are you? It's good to meet you. Here's my business card. And how can I help you today? Yep. Okay. If you start out with, yeah, what the hell do you want? I'm trying to work here, man. I'm trying to make a living for my babies. Guess That's what? Right. Price just went up, man. Oh yeah, we we got audited. I'll, one of the best stories I've ever got is every the word audit makes you just pucker. I got audited, and we have a conference room. When they showed up in the morning, I had donuts, I had coffee, I had orange juice. Please come in, have a seat. How can I help you out? And it was it went from we are the we are the IRS to wow, this is great. Nobody ever 
gives yeah. us donuts and it was a very pleasant experience. Right. So that individual, you know, the thing, and if they say, you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. You just say, Hey, look, I want to be in a compliance. Please tell me what I need to do. I'm exactly. happy to do it. Exactly. And, and most individuals, you get the power hungry guy, but most individuals, like you said, they're going to soften right up if you're friendly and, and nice and they're going to soften right up and they might even say, look, here's what I want to see from you. I'm going to come back in a week. Here's the things I want to see from you. And then you get it, you get it taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's what it's about, right? I mean, it's not about evading the compliance, about being professional, owning your business, owning what you need to do for your community, for your environment, for for your state and local communities. And, you know, it, it's really not that hard if you put a little effort. And there's so many resources that are willing to help you. Like yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. that's Which is a great purpose. segue. If you have questions about that and you don't know how to do it or you can't find something, uh, email us, one of us, Prentice, Rod, Jody, Detail in Progress, Road FS. You can't put, find put us, you're not looking. In, in put a comment in this. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll find out tons of information. And if you can't find it, we will help you find it. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm happy to take questions and help people uh, as much as I can, for sure. Yep. Well, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you taking the time to share your wealth of knowledge. We were definitely not overwhelmed, but whelmed with some awesome tidbits. <laughs> and we will check you guys the next, next, the next part of this series. Right, right there. See ya. Yeah.